0: You know, you miss a lot of stuff when you're not paying attention. Yeah. So what are you looking at? What have you got in front of you? What's important to you? What do you value? What are you going to do? Are you looking for Jesus? Abraham was searching for a city, right? What are we looking for today? This man was looking for redemption. Redemption. And he was uh, certifiably out of his mind at this particular point. So they get out of the boat, right? And this man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. And he lived in the tombs, and no one was able to strain him anymore because of the chains. Uh, and he'd often been bound in shackles and the chains, and he tore the chains, and he smashed the shackles. And no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day he was in the tombs. And notice what all was going on. And we think, okay, so this guy, yeah, here he's to death. and He's, he's nuts, what we would say, and uh, they, you know they didn't have a chemical straitjackets developed yet that they could put him in, so he's out running loose in the community. But the the interesting thing to me in this was is that they, these people hadn't turned his, their back on him. They tried to help him, uh, or you know maybe they tried to protect themselves from or whatever framework you want to put that in. But they tried to bind him. They tried to uh, <laughs> subdue him. And they were unable to, and his reaction to everything that this society had tried to do for him, right, resulted in him laying up at night, not being able to sleep, cutting himself with stones. And so what we find today is is if we try to address our problems in the, the way that the world addresses it, what are we going to do? We're just going to make it worse. That's what happens don't do things God's way. Now, I'm trying to get to the point because that perfect message, brother, is 30 minutes. If it's shorter than that, uh, people don't feel like they suffered enough, and if it's longer than that, they actually did suffer. So that perfect <laughs> message is 30 minutes. Make up your mind what you're gonna do before it's happening. Now when they saw Jesus from a distance, they saw Jesus. They, they who, this collective evil spirits, unclean spirits that was residing in the body of this man with this man. They were cohabitating together. Sometimes one was in charge, sometimes the other. But they saw Jesus from a distance. Now you think about this, this could have been a happy reunion day. But these entities had made a bad decision at some point. Now they're alienated from the Son of God. But they see Jesus and they know who He is and they come running so you have here's your good example bad, of something bad and something good come out of it right that don't make any sense but you have these demons that are wiser than those that are making excuses and they see Jesus and they do what they run to him because they know who he is they see Jesus for who he was and he comes out we know he was like a root out of dry ground right do you really know what that looks like It looks uh, forgive me pathetic. there's no strength there's no beauty there's no grace in his particular form. I don't know if he was you know extra short and it was skinny and dried up look I don't know if it I don't know exactly what it was and I know those pictures that you see of him hanging on the walls. that's not him. What he looked like, but he was not impressive to look at. That was the point of that scripture. And so when people looked at him, when they saw Jesus, they saw a carpenter's son, or some of them, sometimes they saw a prophet, or they saw this, or they saw that. But these entities that knew the truth saw him for what he was, the son of the living God, the Messiah, that was going to take the creation back from them. And so what did they do? They knelt before him and they cried. You remember where it was that Peter was changed, was beginning to be changed? He was in that boat, right? And he was on his knees and what did he do? He cried out, Lord, depart from me and I'm a sinful man. He saw Jesus for who he was. And that perfect message in 30 minutes is going to change everybody's life. Well, that's, that's, that's what we see. What is your name? My name is Legions, because there was many of us. Okay.
1: He said he asked
0: them, "What, what are you? You know, what are you going to do, son of the Most High? I beg you, do not torment me." So they recognized his power. They recognized his authority. They submitted themselves to him for what it was worth at this particular time on the judgment. It was that they had. To. what they saw. And so when I ask you, are you looking for Jesus? Or are you looking to Jesus? Do you recognize the power and the glory that Jesus had to set you free from the Savior so easily to set you? Do you recognize the power and the glory that Jesus will have one day after it is that He has brought many sons to glory? Do you recognize Jesus for who He is when He comes with the clouds? Do we recognize who it is And what it is that he has to offer for us today that will get us there. If you drop back just a few pages into Mark chapter 2, you find this episode, and you see some people saw Jesus, and he was doing what? He was doing something that they didn't think that he should be doing. Not that there was anything wrong with eating, but who you eat with was a big deal back then. I'm glad we're past that today, right? In verse 6, chapter 2 and verse 6. Some of the scribes were sitting there and questioning in their heart. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm in the wrong one. It's 16. I'm sorry, yeah. I said 6. The same crowd. That one over right down. Uh, so when the scribes who were Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors, They asked his disciples, what does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? So Jesus overheard this. I guess he's maybe acting like he's not listening, but you know, he hears everything. And so he told them, he said, "Uh, you know, it's sick people that need help. Those are who needs a physician. He said, those that are well, those that are well don't need a physician, right? He said, I have called Not from the righteous, but sinners. And of course, this was a shot. But it was a shot of love to get them to understand that what you're looking... You don't understand what you're looking at. What we think we see today is not reality. What reality is what is in God's mind, whether it's in the present, our present, our past, or our future. But God looks across time, right? He looks across the board. And we are reckoned through Christ be righteous, even though we're not, even though our righteousness is as filthy rags, right? But we can't focus on our limitations. What we need to do is focus on the ability that God has given us to overcome sin in our life For me to help you and you to help me and us to strategically place ourselves, even if we have to make a real plan to do it. You know, our planet, we go and we preach, right? That's, that's our that's our program, right? That's a great program. I love that. But, you know, we might actually need to make some sort of concerted effort to put ourselves in a position where people recognize who we are because they can see Jesus in us. when no. you're in trouble, then they come to Amen. us for help. Amen. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We talked about uh, Absalom on the courts a little bit last night. I have to work. (coughs) You know what did he do? He put himself in the position where people that were coming to the king would come to him first. He strategically placed himself in a position where he could help the people, right? And we know his intentions were not honorable concerning that. But he developed a plan. What's the point? Well, you know the children of of. uh, of mammon and I'm, I'm, I'm caught between translations are wiser than the children of life. That's not just the deal with money. Deal, that's got to do with, with say, manipulating people on that. And that, And I, I'm not trying to promote that, but I just recognize the fact that he had a plan and he Put it into motion. You think about the uh, the parable of the unjust steward, the guy that got caught robbing from his boss, and in the end, he was committed because of his shrewdness, how does that work in reality? I mean, is that is that? Do you ever stay up at night wondering what you know? How, how does this work? That one doesn't seem to make any sense to me. The Lord commended the unjust steward because of his shrewdness, right? Well, he had a plan. He took a plan, and he put it into action. He believed what he said that he believed. He thought, I can save my skin if I do this. He formulated the plan. He put it into action. And he was rewarded for his diligence concerning that. So, sorry, where are we at here? We need to seek a position. If if we don't have ourselves in the position, if people can't see us for who we say that we are, nobody's going to ask us for help. If nobody asks us for help, the, you know, the church has continued to dwindle in number and that sort of thing. We're not doing our job. Amen. We're not believing what it is that we say we are. We're making excuses for it. Rather than seeing Jesus for who He is and doing what it is that we've been called to do. Not just as individuals, mm-hmm. but as a body. You see, the, the whole thing about this, this church situation is being a corporate event is, is that there is. There's strength in numbers. You, I don't have to do... You don't have to do all the work. You're supposed to administer it. This body has a work that has been called to do. And it takes leadership. And it takes commitment. And it, it takes work. By grace through faith. And God said, you can do this because I'm going to be with you. And He says, by the way, I'm not going to leave you as orphans, right? So I'm not going to leave you halfway through. I will be with you every step of the way until the end of the age, and then you're going to be with me. So, maybe just a small semantic difference I just added that in. But, do we see Jesus? Now, where does this break down in our daily lives, right? I mean, okay, where does the rubber hit the road? Where does a philosophy come into a lifestyle that honors God? Wealth. In the decisions that we make. Yeah. And it's not just, yeah you know, it's everything. Let me give you a really stupid example of some place where I don't see Jesus. I don't see Jesus. You know, I like the farm, right? That's, that's my passion. You know, and, and I had that almost, you know, exclusively to myself. And I guess I'm okay with that. But I still like to talk about it. So, I don't see Jesus in commercial fertilizer. And my nuts. Yeah, you can say so. I understand already. What has that got to do with anything? Well, this is what man does. They take a process that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to learn something and be committed to, and they reduce it down to these just little, few little, this is, a, this is all you need. This is an absolute minimum that you don't need you don't need 16 different micronutrients and you don't need calcium and all so you just need these three, toss this stuff on the ground and then you can go get a job in town while the fertilizer does your work I don't see Jesus in that Now I'm not saying you're going to hell for using commercial fertilizer but the decisions that we make if it's our life it's all of our life, it's not part of our life what kind of shirt do you wear Gee, God said don't mix linen and cotton why would he say that I have no idea. Maybe somebody's allergic to it when you mix it together. And rather than saying, I don't want you to do it, he just says, don't anybody do it. That way, this one person doesn't feel isolated because they have this one specific problem. And, you know, don't, don't present the problem right without having a solution, Joe. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why are few chosen? Because most of us can't make the connection in our daily lives. Do I take this job? you know do I, do I buy this car? Do I spend my time watching TV or reading my Bible or do I pray? Do I go fishing or do I go visit the sick? Do I, I mean is it everything or is it not everything? When we've been bought and paid for with the price, what, what is Jesus getting in return for that? Uh, Matthew 22 to 30 minutes. I'm trying to get on the horse here. My attention span is not much more than that than when I'm paying attention. So why would I expect anyone else to be any different other than the fact that I suspect that most of y'all are better than I am concerning that? Uh, Matthew 22, round verse 14. We have the same basic situation. I don't know if it's a rehash of what Jesus had said earlier in uh, that we went over in Luke. Or if it's the same word same or not, but you had, but we are making excuses about it. About uh, why it was that they weren't doing what they were asked to do. We'll start in verse 5. But one paid no attention. Okay, verse 4. They come to the wedding feast, come to the banquet, it's ready. But they <clears throat> paid no attention and they went away, Went to his farm, one to his business while the rest seized the servants and he mistreated them and they killed them. So the king was enraged and he sent out his troops to kill those murderers and burn down their city. While the food's getting cold on the table, what is the king doing? You ever wonder why it is that it seems like that we're just, you know, marking time, we're not marching anywhere? The bank was prepared, everything is ready, and what does he do? He says, Stop what you're doing, you guys put on your gear, you go take care of this and burn their city. And then you come back. Kind of reminds me of leave your gift on the altar if you remember that your brother got all against you. Not if you remember that you got all against your brother. Because, you know, that one probably ought to work both ways. You can't serve God with uh, with that all anyway because it's a distraction. It's just another excuse when it comes right down to it. So and so did this, so and so did that. Well, where's the love in this? You know, love doesn't keep score, right? I had a hard time remembering that. Uh, So the banquet's ready, and and, and those who were invited are not worthy. Why were they not worthy? Because they didn't seize the grace that was given them and live by faith and live by their faithfulness. You know, talk about uh, the Old Testament this, Old Testament that. Oh, we don't live underneath that. What about by faith Moses? You remember that statement? By faith Moses in the Hall of Fame of Faith there in Hebrews chapter 11. When what, what did Moses act by faith? Well, just about everything we've got recorded except for uh, you know, circumcising his children and striking the rock. All that was out of faith. Was it not? When he left Egypt, it was out of faith. Faith that God was going to take care of him somehow or another. When he went back to Egypt, the faith that he was going to do. God would be with him to the end and he would accomplish the work that he'd been given. Amen. So can he go on and the king came in to see the guests and he saw that someone who wasn't dressed right? Well, thank you. Know, thank God will pass that today too, right? We worship the Lord in the beauty of holes, what the song says. What does that mean? What does that mean? How can you how can I <coughs> Worship the Lord in beauty of holiness. Well, is it an attitude or is it something that you put on? Mm-hmm. I think attitude is more effective, right? So it is that he says that, uh, that I don't want this guy here. He said, don't amount. And the point of that was in verse 14 is that there were a lot of people invited, but there were only a few chosen. So which ones were chosen? The ones that... Saw Jesus. Jeremiah got up in the morning after Jerusalem was destroyed, and he looked in the sun, sunrise, and he saw Jesus. And he said, "Great is thy faithfulness." Man, uh, yeah. you know when they celebrated the Feast of Purim after the deliverance of the Jews from uh, from Haman, they saw Jesus in the deliverance. Peter and Paul saw Jesus. Stephen saw Jesus. Uh, we saw Jesus, you know, at Lazarus' resuscitation. Did you see Jesus at James's execution? Is that God's will? Some of that stuff I'm not sure on. We see God on the day of visitation. Do we see Jesus bringing many sons to glory? Do we see... God receive Jesus in the sunrise and do we thank him at the end of the day for a quietness and, and see him in the sunset do we see him in our society do we see him in the things we practice do we see him in video games do we see him in motorcycles do we see him in whatever it is that we put our hands on when we put our hands on and the key to understanding that is that is that there is so much thing in our lives and in our society that has no real value Jesus that we spend a lot of our time on and what does Jesus see that as it's just another excuse but the devils believe and do what they tremble so do we see Jesus do others see do you see Jesus in your church or is it just a place that you go on Sunday do you see Jesus in your brethren do they see Jesus in you Mm-hmm. looking to Jesus Hebrews chapter 12 do we see do we see him and if we don't see him is it because we're not looking S- sometimes not to I don't know we've been going through, Mark, through anxiety, and uh, it's just horrific you get down to the towards the end and you see the strength and you see the glory and you see the See the beauty, and you see how it was that it was so violently reacted against. Why well, it was that they hated him without a cause, like David said that there was more than the hairs of my head that, uh, and they didn't have any reason, and he didn't do anything wrong, and he never gave them a legitimate excuse to convict him of sin, and he never had the guile in his mouth even though he was mistreated. And you want to talk about being in all, I'm thinking, why didn't I feel this way 20 years ago? Because I didn't see Jesus for who he was. Maybe there's a touch of hypocrite in there time, Brother, Brother Rob. Uh, not that that was what I was seeking to accomplish, but through my own lack of diligence, to find myself putting focus in my energy and my time on things that, that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus, okay? So do we see Jesus? And uh, chapter 12, he says, since we've got such a large cloud of witness, there's people that have seen him throughout all ages, you know, from the casting down of the world, right? From the time that it was thrown down, the office of the Son... The Messiah was created, and Jesus was initiated into it. He was, he was a dead man from the time that sin entered the world, and I, I'm not sure, if, you know, if that was pre-Adam or I, I don't, you know I don't have all those answers. But I know that he was already initiated at that time, and when those demons saw him, they knew him for what he was. They saw him as. As reality was, not not the way men do. So he said, "Seeing that we have such a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and every sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the Author and the Finisher, or the Source and the and the Maturer of our faith. And for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God." We see Jesus, Do others see see us in Him. Where does Jesus really rank on our priority list? Does He come in somewhere between our jobs and our hobbies? Does He come in just below our recreational desires? Does He come in just above or just below our own family? Or is He Lord? Of course, this is questions that we need to ask ourselves. You know, and then it's it's confusing because you have wickedness that's doing the right thing and then you have God's people that aren't doing the right thing. So what do you, what's left to do? Well, you search the scriptures, right? But that's not sufficient on its own. He told the Jews, you are searching the scriptures. You know, when you think about that, when you think about I'm thinking about the great commission out loud here. Mm-hmm. Finish said, going to all, all these nations. He's not talking about physically, that, as far as that goes. And yes, sometimes it does involve going, but he, understand that he told the Jews, he said, you guys have encircled, encompassed, right? That means circled, right? You've circled the globe to make one proselyte. And what happens when you are done with it? They were already circling the globe. The, the focus on what it was that he told them or us in Matthew 28 is don't leave anybody out. This guy might be crazy, but there's someone in. And, I'm, you know, I I don't. What are you going to do when a crazy man runs at you, right? That guy needed Jesus. And you see what happened after it was that he met the yeah. Lord. Now he's sitting in his right mind and his clothes. He's not screaming. He's not cutting himself. Nobody's got the time to Saw Jesus for who he was. You search the scriptures for in them, you think that you have life, but they're the ones that testify of him. You have to see Jesus in the scriptures. You have to see him for what it is, what he provides, and what it, what it is that he not only wants from us, but what he's willing to use us to do, if you will. In closing, if you would, I do want to read out of 2 Chronicles chapter 29. A pivotal point in history. Why is it that this, that, particular statement would be important because you will never be the same when you leave here today you're going to be better or you're going to be worse but you're not going to be the same if you are the same you are worse by the So it's a pivotal point in history every day is a pivotal point in history when you see Jesus as the Son of God as the Messiah who is going to return again I don't know if it's going to be today Maybe it will be today, maybe it won't, probably won't. You know, statistically speaking, we got a really insignificant chance of it being today, but I don't know when he's coming, do you? What we're told to do is to act, live, not act, live each day as though this is the day that we're gonna meet the Lord. If we see that, then we can successfully negotiate this life, by grace through faith. And we don't have to go by ourselves. We can bring others with us. Remember what it was that the demon, the demon said to uh, the sons of the high priest there. He said, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? Second Chronicles, I'm sorry, it's First Chronicles chapter 29. David is getting ready to turn over the keys of the kingdom to his son. But he addresses the nation of Israel for the last time. He says, uh, King David said, verse 1, said all the assembly, my son Solomon, who God has chosen, right? That's important. God chose Jesus. We it's not something that anyone but him could have appointed. He's young and inexperienced, but the task is great that's before him. And building will not be built for humans, but for the Lord God. So to the best of my ability, he said, I have made provision for the house of my God. And he's not bragging, he's just saying, We did this, we got this. And point is, is that there's more that still needs to be done. There's more contributions that need to be made. There might already be 100, 100 tons of gold of offer in verse 4, and 250 tons of silver, but what we've got is not enough to finish the job that we've been done, that we've been given. The gold for Gold work and the silver for the silver work, and that's in the middle of verse 4. All the work to be done by the craftsman. And then he asked the question So who's gonna who will volunteer to consecrate himself to the Lord today? Is he gonna have to do it by himself, or is he gonna have people that he has selected, that he has called, that he will choose at some point to help him? David blessed the people in the side of the assembly in verse 10, and then may and may you be blessed, the Lord God. May you be blessed, Lord God of our Father, Israel, from eternity to eternity. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the splendor and the majesty for everything in the heavens and on the earth belongs to you. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor come from you, and you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and it is in your hand. Have a need and want something better. And if you can see Jesus for who He is, then you can see Him in your life and you can know what decisions it is are either going to continue or detract from that, and you can be blessed. We can be filled with righteousness if we hunger and thirst for it because Jesus said it is true. So I hope that you see that in each other, I hope that you see that in yourselves. I hope that you see it as it is that, you know, we disperse and we go out through our lives so that life will attract life and that there can be more material gathered to build that temple when you just keep running that metaphor on and off. But examine yourself to see whether or not you be in the faith, not because you're trying to shoot holes in yourself. We know that we're not worthy, but all of us can do better if we decide. So choose you this day, and every day, every decision you make, who you're going to serve. There are no unimportant decisions. What are you going to do for a living? What are you going to drive? What are you going to eat? Let the Lord be the Lord.